Microsoft runs out of Windows, Microsoft's adding more feature to Windows, and Sony's hardware, it's making a profit. Happy Friday, friends. It's always happy because it's a Friday and we are all friends around here. At least I hope we are. Anyways, hope you had a wonderful week. It was an interesting week in the world of Microsoft. couple big things coming out. There's some interesting gaming news from out of Camp Sony. And so let's just dive in. This week, Microsoft unveiled officially the pricing for Windows 365. Now, if you're not familiar with Windows 365, this is a virtual desktop in the cloud or what Microsoft called the world's first cloud PC. Although, I suspect there's a couple vendors out there who might disagree with that. But anyways, Microsoft kind of kept the pricing under a little cover and just wouldn't tell us right up until quote unquote general availability. And we'll talk about that here in a second. But anyways, pricing ranges anywhere from $20 all the way up to $162 per month. So at 20 bones, you are get or dollar dues, as I should say, uh, you're going to get one virtual CPU and two gigs of RAM. And at $162 per month, you're going to get eight virtual CPU cores, 32 gigs of RAM and 512 gigs of storage. And so pricing, that is the on the cover pricing. Now, if you are an enterprise and you have a whole bunch of agreements with Microsoft, I strongly suspect that you will be able to get lower pricing if you really want it. And if you're, especially if you're going to be deploying this at scale, but this is realistically running Windows in the cloud, Windows 10 or 11 stream to your device, basically running Windows and a browser on virtually any type of endpoint. So that is now quote unquote generally available. The reason why I say quote unquote is that Microsoft actually opened up trials for this and then suddenly said, hey, we ran out of seats at the carnival and nobody else can sign up. Now that's an interesting question because it's like how I, Microsoft always says we have the cloud, it's unlimited capacity, but we all know that that's not actually true. And so anyways, if you want to sign up for Windows 365 and you can't do it publicly, maybe call your rep. I bet they can probably squeeze you in somewhere, but right now they are stopping people from actually signing up and experiencing the service. On to Windows 11. There's a new build of Windows 11 out, by the way, if you are in the, I believe it's the dev channel. Yes, I keep, keep wanting to say beta or alpha dev channel. You should go download it. It's pretty stable. It actually fixed one of my primary complaints, although it did not fix this weird issue I'm still having here on this device where I can't make these things full screen. There's another, there was another weird weird or interesting issue, whatever you want to call it. I use ShareX and I believe other screen charting tools were impacted that if you use these tools mapped to a hardware button, it would break the context menus in Windows 10. Uh, it was broken in the last build and thankfully it is fixed. So that is a big deal for me because I was having to use the built-in tools, which just are not as good. Although they would be as good if Microsoft would allow us to automatically save the image to the desktop. Right now, you either have to open it in the app or it just gets copied to your clipboard and it's just an extra step. So tools like ShareX, which are free, there's many of them out there. Snagit, I believe is a premium product, but another good quality option it allows you to just drag a screenshot and then it automatically saves it to your desktop, which is all that I need. And so uh, Microsoft still doesn't allow that for built-in tools. Not sure why, but either way, uh, Microsoft, actually, I should say Panos Panay also teased in another feature that is coming. So there's still clearly a list of things that are coming to Windows 11, much like the Android app support, which is not in this latest build, by the way, uh, that we still don't know about. So if you are looking at the focus assist, he showed off a little demo where Spotify was actually integrated into Windows 11 focus assist focused assist, if I could enunciate here on this Friday. And so what you can do is you can set a focused assist time, say 30 minutes, like click a play track all from the same window, and it would 
just play your Spotify music. Now, there's a lot of questions like, do you have to be paying for Spotify? I'm, I'm sure you probably do in some capacity. You probably have to have an account or something, log in. And anyways, it's now all, it looks like it's all integrated into Windows 11. We don't know how deep that trench goes of integration, but it's very clearly that Microsoft is uh, integrating it into at least some components. And so we'll be curious to see what else is coming down the pipeline from the Windows 11 team. But it seems that all the features have not yet fully been unveiled. So just keep that in mind. On the OneNote side, OneNote has a very hilarious history of it's called One Note, One Note, but there were actually two apps. There was a OneNote for Windows 10, and then there was what I would call like traditional OneNote, which is like your Win32, your Office app. And Microsoft came out and said, hey, we're doing away with the OneNote for Windows 10 because... Now, they didn't quite say this, but it's because the Windows Store or the Microsoft Store relaxed all the rules and you can basically shove any type of application you want into the Microsoft Store. Now that you can do that, what's the point of building a standalone app that's a UWP when you can just take your traditional desktop app, which was better, and just shove it in there? Now, I know some people are going to say the OneNote from Windows 10 was better because it had X, X, Y, or Z features, or Z features if you are my, one of my Canadian friends or potentially just international friends in general. Um, either way. Microsoft says they are going to eventually somehow migrate that stuff over, and there's a couple things to know about. If you're running OneNote for Windows 10, you don't have to, don't freak out because Microsoft is working on a path to allow you tra to transition to the other app, so it's, you're not out up the creek without a paddle, as one might say. But the reality is that if you're starting fresh in OneNote, definitely start with the Outlook or the, the Office version, I should say. And more importantly, in Windows 11, now this makes some sense, they're not shipping out of the box the OneNote for Windows 10 in Windows 11. Everything is just moving over that to that traditional app, which Microsoft told us was actually depreciated, depreciated, deprecated at one point. So keep, keep that in mind. Now, hilariously, Microsoft is going to be combining this and bringing it to the store. And in their FAQ, I, had to, I could not make this up. They actually had to clarify and says, no, we are not building a third OneNote app because the OneNote, what I suspect happens, happened was, go back, go back in time, Evernote was blowing up in popularity. And Microsoft says, oh, shoot, we need to get our, our, our butts in line and build a competitor. So they did. And they really put some valiant effort into OneNote. And then UWP came along. And they said, well, we got to have a UWP version of our popular app because that's the corporate mandate that everything needs to be UWP to show the world that this is the future. And so they built the UWP version and they said, well, wait a minute, it doesn't work for everybody. So we're going to keep the, the traditional desktop version. Then they, they kept investing in the UWP version. It eventually got up to the point where it was capable of replacing it. So they said, all right, see you later, desktop version. You're done. And then time went by and said, all right, UWP is not catching on in any capacity, really. And things kind of just muddled about. And so now that thing is eventually just going to be sunset and the desktop version will be back, championing the gold medal for the favorite new app uh, in the Microsoft Store. And there you go. Anyway, so that's a big deal. Um, moving on to something that has blown up across the web, but I'm going to try to keep politics out of this as much as humanly possible. And you'll see where I'm going. This relates to Apple. So Apple announced that they're going to be scanning photos for basically child abuse imagery. Now, there, there's a lot of varying opinions, and I'm not here to say which is right and wrong. I will tell you the two high-level views on this. One is that, hey, child abuse is wrong, and we should absolutely stop it on every possible potential avenue and, and be done with it and, and you know, catch the bad people. That is one viewpoint. The other viewpoint is like, hey, this is actually breaking encryption. Um, that was one of the things that Apple really promotes, that if encryption is 
readable by somebody not other than the end party with the keys, then it's not truly encryption. So these are the two competing thought processes like, hey, we need to stop child abuse, which I think everybody agrees needs to happen. But then there's other, the other side saying, look, you're going to break encryption and that is fundamentally wrong and it means it's not encrypted. So those are the two things. The only thing I am going to point out here is Apple is taking a lot of slack for this. And I'm not saying if they're right or wrong, but I will tell you that, that Microsoft and Google also do this. They scan Outlook and they also scan your OneDrive and they also scan your Google Photos. So while Apple is getting rung over the coals, and rightfully or wrongfully so, whatever your opinion is, just know that they are not the only ones doing this. And so it, again, just goes to show that if you truly want to be completely private in your life, you, you basically have to disconnect from the internet entirely. And so that's about all I can say on that. Uh, I'm trying to be politically right down the middle of the avenue. Uh, on to the gaming news. Gaming news. Um, just going to focus on Sony here for a bit because Sony announced their earnings and they were generally pretty darn good. They reiterated that the PlayStation 5 is outselling the PlayStation 4. We all know that there's supply constraints. Then we know that things are going well. Um, two interesting factoids out of their thing, out of their earnings, I should say. <clears throat> the 499 PlayStation 5 is now profitable, which this is the disc iteration for the console. I'd be curious to know if Microsoft is profitable on its high-end Series X. My guess is that it's Maybe not. It, they, I should hope that they're close, but we also know that Microsoft has different chips, obviously, than Sony, and they're also higher-end chips than Sony, which means that the yields are potentially lower than Sony, which means that their economies of scale may not be there yet. But the reality is, is that if Sony can get its console to profitability, there's a probably a decent chance that Microsoft is close. I, I would say close. I, I don't know if they truly are profitable, because I would think that if they are, they would come out and acknowledge that, that the, hey, like our high-end console is now officially profitable but i bet that they are getting close but not quite there yet that is the one first interesting thing um the other interesting number that came out is that there was declining subscriber numbers for ps plus uh sony subscription service for playstation that went from 47.6 million to 46.3 not a massive drop but we can definitely see that things ebb and flow in the sony world just as they do in the microsoft world which is again not all that surprising we we're entering out of the cold months right the, the winter months in most of the on most of planet earth and typically more people are inside obviously we have know what happened last year and people start coming out into the sunshine and say maybe i don't need to renew my playstation plus because hey it's warm i'm gonna play basketball outside instead of nba whatever 2k we're up to tk21 2k22 whatever's out um on my playstation that might be part of the reasoning i wouldn't read too much into it unless that we see a continued decline for the next several quarters so just keep that in mind all right on to the questions of the week if i would pull up the right tab where did i do there 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 are the questions as always my favorite part do, 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 do. we're going to refresh this so i always tweet out this link people always ask me every single week where is it i always tweet it out just follow me on twitter at bd sams and there you go uh navar rack says oh this <laughs> here we go he says this may be too political brad so i understand if you pass on this while i abhor child abuse as the most de decent people uh, must uh, what do you think about apple's announcements on ability to determine images or, or content uh, held on customers handsets so um I, I just scroll back in the play in the podcast and you'll kind of understand that so it's uh it, it's there's always encryption is something that's always going to be an interesting conversation because on one hand absolutely you should have the right to have completely encrypted conversations that is a, a i 
fundamentally believe that everybody deserves that right. And then you're going to have governments and their big hand of overlord and wanting to make sure people are following the law and not doing bad stuff are going to want to be able to read encryption. Then you have co countries or companies will just use Apple that live inside the U.S. and have to agree and abide by the U.S. government. It's always going to be this tangled mess. And eventually they will find some common ground somehow, some way. And I think maybe that's where they're trying to get to. But I, it's, I'm just going to pass on it. Uh, Confused Geek says, Elite Controller 3 soon. I don't quite know when it's going to launch. I do know that it's... I was looking around as if I had one. I do know that it is mostly complete, I believe. And the primary difference is, again, not going to shock you, is that they're updating it with a share button. Now, I don't know if they're going to call that iteration the Elite Series 3. I don't. Series 2.5 would be a little odd, uh, I think, at the end of the day. But they are definitely working on an update that has the share button because that would actually be nice and something that would um, you know, tie into everything else. And wrapping it up, uh, short questions this week, mostly because it was kind of quiet in the world of Microsoft, is, as always, Mr. PKI. says, your favorite ending question of the week requiring no BS. If Windows 11 requires TPM 2.0, etc., does that not mean that Windows 365 in the cloud will not have Windows 11 and other security protections available due to lack of a physical TPM chipset for your instance? Now, as Wonderbar points out, he says hypervisors have been able to do TPMs and secure boot in VMs for a while, and I suspect that Microsoft is working on that. I will tell you that I'm still a little frustrated with Microsoft on this TPM saltiness issue because we still don't have great clarity on what the defining line is. They've come out and just said, hey, it's seventh gen or earlier and you're screwed, um, but that's not quite true because the messaging is confusing between is it two is it TPM 2.0 is it Intel seventh gen that you have to have something newer than like it's still not there yet the messaging and Microsoft hasn't clarified yet if their own Surface Studio 2 which is 3500 bucks or whatever it is on their Surface Store that you can still buy today is going to be eligible to run Windows 11 which would be pretty embarrassing if it's not so Microsoft needs to update and provide clarity about what is actually going to do because I'm going to be in I know I've said this a million times I'm going to be in potential uh, to have to update two different machines which would be expensive and not honestly something I really want to do. So this podcast box will more likely stay on Windows 10 until Windows 10 is no longer supported. So that wraps it up, guys. Like I said, sh shorter episode this week just because things were a little bit quieter as of we uh, were in August now. And we will continue to push towards September, obviously, because that's how calendars work. But I suspect that Microsoft, a lot of people on Microsoft, Camp Microsoft are on vacation. And so I'd be looking forward to later this month and next month more announcements coming our way. But for now, make sure to keep it subscribed here because the only BS on this podcast is me. <laughs>